Good evening. Smile, Jesus loves you. And uh, we're not going to be the same after this conference. His presence is here. One moment in his presence is better than a thousand years outside of it. And uh, I don't know how familiar you are with revivals. I don't think we'll ever get familiar. When he gets close, we tremble. And he is close to his people. He is in this place. Expect transformation. Expect freshness in your ministry. Expect a new day. For him, it's not even hard. And we have given him the room through praise, through worship. So he is here. So and we are standing at, at our own risk. Because things will never be the same again. I declare that in Jesus' name. And now I'm, I'm going to invite you with faith to repeat this prayer. It's a dangerous prayer. The problem with this type of prayer is that God answers it. And when he answers it, nothing stays the same. Are you ready? You may want to put your hand on your heart and repeat with all the faith of your heart and say with me, Father God, I thank you for the blessings of the past. But today I ask you, do not leave me as I am. Transform me again. I love you, Lord. I submit to your will. Have your own way. Thank you for hearing this prayer. And thank you for your answer. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Say hi to your friend or enemy next to you. I'm going to invite someone here to read Luke chapter 3, verse 16. Luke chapter 3, verse 16. Now you know the church has memorized John 3, 16. But it is time also to place in our heart Luke chapter 3 and verses, verse 16. Anyone has it ready? Go ahead and read it with the voice of a trumpet. In whatever version. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. It is a promise. Amen. And we are in this week of Pentecost. We are celebrating what God has already done for us. And listen, just receive it. Just it, Sometimes it takes one second of faith to receive the new things from God. Amen. You may be seated. I want to share tonight a testimony of how I was sent to the nations. In 1997, I was uh, pastoring a church in the city of La Plata. We were successful. We were growing. I had more than 300 leaders trained. And our next goal was 5,000 people in the church and so forth. And my father led that church for many years, and then he appointed me as the senior pastor. 
So things were going fairly well, and I had my family, my wife, three little boys. But I began to offer to the Lord a strange prayer every day. I would kneel down, and I would ask, Lord, give me revival, or take me out of here. Take me to heaven. Kill me. I cannot live without seeing another move of your spirit. And I realized that wasn't a very wise prayer. I was 40. I had already promised to my wife that we would not move anymore. We would live in La Plata forever. I was settled. And the next day I would pray the same prayer. And after I finished praying, I said, Lord, I don't want to pray this anymore. Because you might kill me. And then, then my wife is going to be a widow. And my children are not ready. And the church will be without a pastor. It's not a wise prayer to pray. So I, the next day I try to pray something else. But I hear myself. At some point in the prayer time. Saying God. Give me revival or take me to heaven. A few weeks later. I say goodbye to my church. I said church I'm going to be leaving for one week. I'm going to the United States. I'm going to visit a place of revival. Some of you know it, Pensacola. And then from there, I'm going to go to Indiana to close my ministry in the United States so I can be a pastor, a real pastor, without traveling the rest of my life with the church. So as I went through Pensacola, only for one night, I went there and Pastor John and Evangelist Steve Hill, they prayed for me briefly. They didn't know me. I didn't know them. I thought it was a wonderful meeting. Just that. And the next morning, 7 a.m., I was at the airport going to Indiana. You know, there are times you receive something from God and you have no clue what he just did. It might take you hours, days, or years to understand the work of God in you. Keep open to the Spirit of God tonight. Let him continue to speak to you even as we are sharing this testimony. This is a night of destiny. Do you know that? There is a meeting. There is, a, there is an encounter here tonight. And so, I arrived in Indiana. And uh, two days later, I went to church on Sunday. To two churches. The first one just to greet them for a few minutes. And I was, I was supposed to do that very quickly because the next church would start and I was a preacher in the next church. A greeter in this church and a preacher in the next church. So I gave a little testimony about Argentina, took my Bible and I was ready to leave. And the pastor said, before Brother Sergio leaves, we're going to ask him to come here. We're going to pray for him so that he can take fire of God. That's what he says to the next church. I didn't even know what the fire of God was, honestly. So a group of young people, teenagers, they start praying for me. I still remember their sneakers, running, running shoes. And how, how respectful they were to, to pray for this visiting guest. They, nobody, nobody lay hands on me or anything. They were just surrounding me and quietly praying for me. And suddenly I see my hands begin to shake. Like this. Without my permission. And I looked at my hands, and I thought, 
this is not right. This will distract people. So I try to stop it. And my entire body begins to shake. Uncontrollable. Now I was well trained by my father. My dad many times told me, never lose control, son. Because if you lose control on the platform, what can you expect from the people on the pews? And he was a man of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom. So I tried to apply that, but it didn't work. I was shaking uncontrollably. And then I thought, I look around, and people start noticing that I was shaking. And even the young kids around me, nobody was praying anymore. And I thought, I'm going to stop this right away. And I remember locking my knees in place only to fall on the ground. And shaking more and I began to weep. I don't know if I was weeping because of the anointing or embarrassment. It was all mixed. Believe me, it was all mixed. And I was thinking, this, this candle is going to ruin my ministry in the United States. My reputation. Because I had a united prayer network with pastors from the United Methodist Church, the Nazarene Church, the Pentecostal. If they hear about this, the, my testimony with them is over. I was... Can I be honest with you? I was most, more concerned for my ministry image than for what God was about to do at that moment. And so, but, so I, and I was feeling so shocked. And I was crying and I was shaking and I was weeping. And then I was laughing because I was so happy. So I have all this emotion mixed. And I reached a moment that I gather all my strength, and believe me, I do exercise, I try to live a healthy life, and I say, I'm gonna get up from here. And I couldn't, one, two, three times, push-ups only, only to fall on the ground again. And they left me there. And, and, I, and as I was on the ground, I was not in a great revival, I was shocked. So I opened my eyes to see I thought for a moment, maybe this is a new revival. And everybody is shaking and falling. No one. The whole church was looking at me. And, and the pastor said, we're going to ask the worship team to come back and we're going to sing more songs. And that was, even that was embarrassing. I thought, I know what, what they are doing. They don't know what to do with me. That's why they are singing again. And they left me there and I couldn't stand up. And they sang a few songs. And then two associate pastors came to me and helped me up. And as they were holding me, I realized I couldn't speak very well. Granted, I do have an accent in my English. But this was like being drunk. I couldn't express my words very clearly. And I could hear myself trying to talk. And they were holding me. And I realized, if these people stop holding me, I'm going to collapse again. And so they helped me until the senior pastor came down from the platform. And when he comes close to me, I was in a crisis, I promise. And I said to him, weeping, I said, do not, do not let me interrupt this meeting. Please take me out of here. And he's smiling, calm. He puts his arm over my shoulder and I said, Sergio, you're not interrupting. This is from God. When he said that, I felt like a balm of healing in my heart. Because I didn't know 
if I was causing a problem at that moment. How many know God has things in store for us that we cannot manage with a little mind? This, these are new glorious things that God wants to impart to his people. And so, after he said that, these two associate pastors, they, they dragged me. It was not walking because I remember I, could, I couldn't put one foot in front of the other, so they dragged me. And I remember the church kind of laughing about it. They knew me when I was normal. I preached at that church before. And now they see what happened with the preacher. And they are dragging me. And I thought, it doesn't matter. I know, because I wanted to hide and be with God. I wanted to process this. I wanted, I wanted to be alone with him. And they sat me on the first row. Can you believe? What a bad idea. And they sat me there and I only had one goal. Not to interrupt the meeting. And much less the word of God that was being preached. They had a visiting pastor preaching that day and I to this day I cannot remember what he preached on because as he was speaking waves of the power of God will come upon me and I will yell and so I said this is wrong I cannot do this so I will put my handkerchief on my face I will not do this and then, whatever he said, even if he said hallelujah, I feel the waves of the fire. And then I fell on the ground. Then the ashes ran and sat me up very quickly. Imagine the, the embarrassment. So it was half embarrassment, half glory. It was all mixed. At the end of the meeting, the senior pastor comes. I'm so glad for pastors that can handle the move of God. Yes? And he came and helped me up. He had, to, he had to hold me. And he put this microphone, his microphone next to me and he said to the church, Church, Pastor Sergio has something to tell you. <laughs> and believe me, I didn't look too good. It, it looked like I just came out from some bar or something. And I was so self-aware, but, but I began to say something about holiness. And I began to see the people running. They were running to repent. And before they got to the platform, near the platform, they fall on the ground and they start shaking uncontrollably under the power of God. And you might think, oh, what a glorious morning, Pastor Sergio. No, I was looking at them. And I thought, what is happening here? You know, I've been praying for revival. And when it hit me, I didn't even recognize it. Because I wanted a revival of church growth. I wanted a revival of the things I have. Make them better and bigger, Lord. God forgive us for idolatry. Never make your ministry or your goals the idolatry. Revival is about him coming and transforming us. And so a relative of my wife that was there. See, my wife was said, left in Argentina with the kids. I was here in the, in the United States, in South Bend, Indiana, in Goshen in this, at, this, at that moment. And this relative of my wife comes and says, Sergio, do you need a ride? Even that sounded so embarrassing. This, this was my spiritual thought. I thought, this is what they ask the drunk people here in this nation. Do you need a ride? <laughs> 
And I say yes. So this brother helped me through the people that were shaking and weeping and on the floor. I, I left them. I didn't know what to do. And he, he took me and uh, I sat in the back seat of the car and he was driving the car that I drove to the church. And all that time I was shaking uncontrollably, weeping. And I was asking, Lord, one thing. Don't let my in-laws see me like this. My in-laws are godly people. They love God. They, they, are, they just, it's the same kingdom, but different neighborhood. It's like, they think differently. Sometimes my wife and I will come to visit their home and we hear them weeping. They were weeping for us to get saved. And we, are, we were pastors and preachers. But their denomination believes somehow different than our denomination. And I was going, Lord, we don't need this in our family. So many theological and doctrinal discussions. And now that we are at peace with each other. And now I'm going to come like this to their home. But the Lord didn't answer my prayer. Yeah, he answered no. So this brother helps me out of the car, drags me to the house, opens the door. And there was my mother-in-law and my father-in-law. They just happened to come earlier from their denominational church. And when I saw them, I remember saying, Mom, don't be scared. I'm okay. But please don't look at me. And she pointed to me right away. She, she went like this. And I was, I was like this. And she said, this is what we need in our denomination. When she said that, I almost passed out. I thought, wait a minute. All those discussions, all me trying to explain them, even from the Greek New Testament, what true salvation means. And it, they wouldn't hear. And they would disapprove of us. And now they see me like this, sweaty, my hair a mess. And in this condition, trembling. And she said, this is what we need in our denomination. And so the relatives start explaining to her and to my father-in-law what happened in church. And they were taking it all in. So I took that opportunity to hide and to go up to my bedroom. Now, it was upstairs, so I have to crawl up the stairs. I couldn't walk. I just crawled. And I went there, and I remember I closed the door with my back on the floor. And I said, wow. Now I'm alone with the Lord. And I keep weeping and crying. And that wouldn't go away for about two hours. And then I was normal again. So I stood up and I went downstairs. And my mother-in-law had saved a plate of food for me. So she said, would you like to eat? And I said, yes. And she looked at me and she said, isn't the Lord wonderful? And when she said that, all the glory, all that power came on me. And I was thrown several feet away. And I found myself crawling up the stairs again. I go again. So I didn't know what to do. Monday came. What was my agenda? To shake and to cry. And sometimes I would stand in my room 
And I look at the list of things to do. I have a ticket to return to Argentina. I have one week, less than one week. And I have to have a board meeting and close my ministry. And I have to do all these interviews. And I was looking at the list. The list was looking at me. And I couldn't do anything. Now I, I got brave some days. And I said, if this is of God, I got to be productive. So I start ironing my shirt at 7 a.m. And finish ironing it at 3 p.m. Because in the, mean, in the meantime, I could feel the power of God coming. And I left the iron there. And, well, hours, weeping. And then back, trying, trying to do work for the Lord. And he was dealing with my heart. And so, the third day in that condition, I decided to go out for a walk. And there was this gravel path in the back of my in-law's house. And I took that path, just walking, just trying to be normal again. And suddenly, in one second, the power of God comes on me and I fell on my knees. And believe me, that was an unforgettable fall because I, I felt it, my knees against the gravel, you know. And at that moment, I began to see, like, pictures of my sin, like videos of my sin. Things that were hidden in my heart, and I, I even forgot about them. They were not under the blood of Jesus. And I began to feel a physical pain in my heart, in my chest. So I thought, maybe this is it for me. And I was trembling before God, and I said, Lord, forgive me for this, forgive me for that. And then I said, Lord, how could I have these things in my heart? If I'm a preacher of your word. And then I heard Jesus speak to me so clearly. Deceitful is the heart of man and desperately wicked. And I realized at that moment. That time does not erase sin. Only the blood of Jesus erases our sin. And I repented with all my heart. And then the Lord said. 98% holiness is not enough. And he started talking to me as if I would talk to a 40-year-old kid. He knew I was in such a shock that I couldn't understand profound things. He said, no, no one goes to the marketplace to buy mineral water or bottled water. And if the label says 98% pure water, 2% sewage water, no one would drink that water. But my people had allowed a percentage of iniquity in their lives. And at that moment I began to realize not only I was being transformed. God was giving me a word to share with others. And so uh, I came back to my house, to the house transformed. The first day I was not transformed. The second day I was not transformed. Even so much shaking and so much power of God. But we are transformed by the renewal of our minds. When my mind changed about the condition of my heart, then I was transformed. I was completely renewed. And so things begin to happen. And I need to tell you this also. That morning before I fell before the Lord and He forgave me, 
that morning was a very sad morning. It was like death in my room. And I said, Lord, yesterday you were embracing me. And the day before yesterday. And now, and now you are against me. And I believe it's not that God was against me. He just decided to show a little bit of his holiness. And I felt at one moment that the purity of God was beginning to descend in my room. And I remember I began to back up. And I said, Lord, no more, please. No more until I had the wall. Couldn't go further. The one who has been praying, Lord, give me revival or take me to heaven. Now was praying a, a contradicting prayer. Lord, no more. But it was that afternoon that the Lord showed me his holiness. Not mine, his holiness. Up to that point, I was a very satisfied preacher. Because I thought, I am fairly holy. If you have asked me, I said, I'm fairly good. That was my goal, to be fairly good. God doesn't take fairly good Christians. He takes holy Christians. He wants to impart the purity of Jesus in our lives. What happens is many people subscribe to the doctrine of partial holiness. And they say, we have to be fairly holy, but of course we are humans. They don't believe that there is a holiness that is complete. And it's a miracle, and it's a gift, and it comes in one moment from Jesus Christ. Then we are disciples in holiness. Then we grow in that holiness. But that holiness is complete from the moment we have an encounter with Jesus. That's why John the Baptist said, he will baptize. In other words, I cannot do that. He, Jesus, he's superior to me. I'm not even worthy to untie his shoes. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. That fire was not a fire of judgment. It was a fire of purification. If you have the fire of purity, you will never face the fire of judgment. How many say yes and amen? Hallelujah. And so things begin to change. A matter of fact, everything began to change. I packed my suitcase. The day came to return to Argentina. And as I was going to put them in the pickup of the truck of my father-in-law, I fell on the ground in one instant. And the Lord speaks to me and he says, you're not going to Argentina. So I say, okay, Lord. That was a new way of doing ministry for me. A new agenda, a new way of planning. And so I called my wife and I say, babe, I'm not going to Argentina. And she said, but when are you coming? I said, I don't know. So she said, maybe I should go there. And I said, yes. So she came to the United States with the three kids. And we have a beautiful week together. And all that week, I was telling her about what God was doing. And my wife would not say one word. She was trying to discern if I was very anointed or if I was going crazy. She was trying just quietly, trying to wait to see where is this leading. And it was phenomenal because like the phone rings. Well, I got to tell you this. Many strange things began to happen. You see, we pray sometimes, Lord, miracles, signs, and wonders. And then when a sign comes, we want to run. We're scared. But many things happen. One of them is one day 
I was going to take a shower. So I was ready. I have the towel, and I was going to go into the bathroom. And I hear the Holy Spirit said to me, do not take a shower. Now, I, I was trying to put that in my theology and it, for whatever reason. So I was shocked. And I was standing there quiet for a few moments to try to process that. And the phone rings. There was a table with a phone there and it rings. I pick up, pick it up, a call from Switzerland. It was my ex-vice director of the seminary where I studied in Argentina. And he said with tremendous holy anxiety, Sergio, I heard of what happened in your life. You have to bring that message here to Switzerland. And I thought, I didn't tell him, but I thought, what message? That I trembled, that I felt. And I went there. And it was indescribable. As I preached, and this brother was translating to German, finished the meeting, finished the sermon, altar calls, the place, so many people repented that they fill out the, the next to the platform, the, the hallway, and even the entrance hall. They have to open the doors, and there were people kneeling in the entrance. And after all that spectacular move of the Holy Spirit, the Lord said, now call the homosexuals to repent. And I knew I was in trouble. It was not politically correct. <laughs> but I closed my eyes and I said, the Lord says that there are homosexuals here that they need to come to repent. Immediately, six young men began to make their way. They were on the, on the balcony and they took their time because there were so many people kneeling down. And as they got a little close to the platform, they fell under the power of God. They began to scream and repent and ask forgiveness. To me, they were baptized in fire right there. And we began to see his glory. And then we were, then we were in a stadium in the city of Mar del Plata. And here was my translator. It was an international convention, people from many nations. And the presence was so strong, many times it happened, so I knew what to do. To avoid falling, I just hold on to the pulpit. <laughs> but the same glory started coming upon the translator. So he held on to the pulpit. And we just closed our eyes and we were weeping in his presence. We couldn't say a word and there was a stadium there. Thousands of people. And then we start hearing screamings. Thousands had come to the arena, down to the arena, to repent. And they were repenting, screaming, forgive, asking forgiveness for their sin. Thousands of them. We saw his glory over and over again. And you know, friends, I realize that this is for everyone. This is not for one or two preachers in America or anywhere. This is what John the Baptist promised. This is Pentecost for everybody. For you is the promise and for your children. From anyone that the Lord will call. And so tonight we're going to open our hearts to God. So that he can just give us that mantle of holiness. Some of you might have been struggling to be holy. 
don't struggle anymore. It's like if you start struggling to make yourself saved. You cannot save yourself. And you cannot sanctify yourself. Sanctification and salvation and righteousness and wisdom, they come from the same place, from the cross of Christ. 1 Corinthians 1.30 clearly says, it is because of God that you are in Christ. And Christ has been made for you. Salvation, righteousness of God or justice, sanctification and wisdom. So we have it in Christ. When he embraces you, he imparts his holiness on you. The, every cell of your body will be made holy. Every bone, every memory, every thought, everything in you. And when you come out of this meeting, if a little demon is waiting for you in the parking lot to accuse you, you said, there's no accusation against me. I am sanctified. Christ imputed his righteousness on me. And I am holy, completely holy. Now, it is not that we don't have a capacity to sin. But it is like, let me ask you right now, your hands, are they fairly clean? Are they clean, right? Why? Not because they were all your life clean, but because you washed them periodically. And that's what we do in holiness. We breathe the holiness of Jesus. We let him wash us daily through the word of God. So holiness is also a process. It's instant and it's also progressive. How many say yes and amen? Church, and this is we need to take over our nation. If the church is holy, will be holy. A hundred percent holy. Not with our holiness. Our righteousness stinks. They are like filthy rags. If the church in Dallas is holy, there will not be envy. There will be no ministry competition. Pastors will give their life for one another. Churches will help one another. We will not even have poor people anymore. We will help them. This will be the New Testament again in Dallas. What is it that is preventing the mighty church of Jesus Christ from taking over the United States of America? Sin. It is our sin. It's not that we need more money or better strategies or more wisdom. Or we need His holiness. Then He will give us wisdom and strategies and plans and goals. He will raise up men and women on fire that will determine regions that will be taken with the gospel. It's not hard. It's not impossible for God. But it is our sin that created a division. And I know I'm talking to fairly sanctified people that love the Lord. I'm talking to fellow revivalists. But even us, we have sins of revivalists. And one of the greatest is cowardice. Fear of man. When you fear God, when you fear man, you stop fearing God. It's just like that. You cannot fear them both. But when you truly fear God, you don't fear man. 
And one of the first signs you will see in your life when you receive the fire is a boldness that even you will be shocked at it. You will say, I thought I was timid. I thought I was insecure. Where is the strength coming? It's the Holy Spirit in you. The Bible says that when the Spirit came upon the believers, they preached the word with great boldness. Boldness to preach. Boldness to advance the cause of the gospel in America. We have everything in Christ to take over this nation. This nation is redeemable because the price has been paid in full for every state of the United States. But not many have that vision. So when we were praying for souls today, oh my Lord, it melts your heart. Because this fire, whether you have it or you will receive it tonight, this fire is for souls. Pentecost happened, and then thousands came to Christ. And that was just the beginning. It will go from glory to glory. And God can use us in a place, small place like this. It could be shaken by the fire of God. If we repent, if there is anything to repent, we repent. We only repent of the things that we know. They are not under the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And there is a hatred for sin. The Bible says, because I love your ways, I hate every evil path. You will become an enemy of your sin. An enemy of any addiction or any vice. In my own life, I have to renounce to depression. I was healed from depression. God has done so many things, and in you too. We got enough to take over this nation for Jesus. How many say yes and amen? Hallelujah. Give the Lord a strong clap offering. His presence is here. So we're going to pray. I'm going to invite you to stand. The Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. And the kingdom of God is not about words, but about power. Whew. Hallelujah. He's here. He's here. He's here and things will happen. There is an authority from God in this place. Gloria a Dios. Hallelujah. Te alaba mi alma, Señor. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Come, Lord, now again upon us. We are your people, Lord. And many of your people here, they live in this city. And I can hear the cry of the city, Lord. Even the cry of the church. There have been a desperation. There have been a desolation. Oh God, you have moved in past times so wonderfully in this region. But now, my Lord, this metropolis needs you again. Come, Lord. Come again to Dallas. Come again to Garland. Come again to this region. Praise you, Lord. 
the disciples already have the Holy Spirit the resurrected Christ have come into their meeting place their room and breathed the Spirit on them but they didn't know the fire they needed another visitation Jesus help us Lord, we call on your name. Send your angels, Lord God. Do not leave us as we are, Lord. Do not permit us to walk out of here as we are. Take us to the next place, O oh God. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Break the shallow ground. Break the swallow ground. Oh God, oh God, oh God. The ground that used to be fertile but has been hardened with doubts and fear. Break it, Lord. Break it. Break it, Lord. There are people whose ministries are going to be on fire. Your gifts are going to be on fire. I see changes. I see transformation. Praise you, Lord. We love you, God. We love you, God. Keep receiving. Keep dwelling in his holy presence. It doesn't matter the style. Some people receive this fire weeping. Some others laughing. Some standing. Some sitting. Some falling. It's not about a particular style of revival. It's about him embracing you. Hallelujah. Every chain of sin will be burned today here. Every bandage will be burned. His fire is here to set the captives free. Hallelujah. Praise you, my God. Praise you, Lord. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. After I received the fire, I was ministering to my local church back in Argentina. And hundreds came to repent when they heard the testimony. And in the midst of that glorious meeting, I heard the Holy Spirit saying, You too go to the altar of repentance. I thought everything was perfect with God. But God loves us so much that He can have even the patience to go layer after layer delivering us from things of the flesh of the world and of the devil so not even knowing why but I went and knelt down and at that moment the Lord showed me things in my character that needed to be surrendered to the Holy Spirit 
That's His mercy. That day after the meeting, several of my leaders came to me and they say, Pastor, now we believe that what you have is from God. Because we saw you struggling on the platform and then going yourself to repent. See, they didn't believe my words. They were not sure what I had. They were maybe questioning my theology. But when they saw me broken before God in humility, then they believed. I tell you people, you're not going to point people towards the revival. You're going to lead them to the revival. You're going to walk with them to it. Praise you, Lord. I'm going to invite those who have sinned in their hearts. Anything that the Holy Spirit is pointing out to you that you need to surrender and you need to repent. If your character is not every day more like Christ, then you come to the altars of repentance. This is not a call to receive fire. This is a call to repent. If your attitude has not been right with God, come and repent. If you have been mad at God and you think He owes you something, come and repent from your confusion and submit to His Lordship. If you have any pornography in your life, any lust, any addiction, any vice, anything that controls you, if you have fits of rage, if you have jealousy, anything or desire to murder someone then leave your seat and come forward anything that has not been dealt with the blood of Jesus then you come God loves you and as you repent he will embrace you if you are a coward you come to repent today if you are full of doubts come and repent from your unbelief he loves you. He will heal you and restore you. Oh God, we pray your help now. Help us, help. George, keep praying. Keep praying. Intercede. Intercede before God. That there, if there is anything that we need to lay at the altars of the Lord, that the people will come here publicly and say, Lord, I repent from my sins. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. We only got his, we only we only want God's will in this place. Only his will. Only his will. Only his will. Intercede. Call on the name of the Lord. Lord have mercy on us. Father, send your angels. Help us, Lord, in our tribulations, in our fight, in our struggle. Oh God, help us. Help us. Help us, Lord. Come, Lord, do not leave this place, Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord, do not take your spirit away from us. Oh, Lord, do not dismiss us, Lord. Stay with us, Lord. Stay with us. Stay with us, Lord. Stay with us, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, have mercy on us. Whatever you point in our lives that needs to be surrendered, we surrender it to you. And friends, anything we love more than God, anything we dream about more than God, has to be submitted to the Lord.
in Jesus name any idols any pride any arrogance God is giving you an opportunity right now if you need to come you come if you're right with God and there is no conviction of sin in you don't come pray intercede Anyone living a double life, you're a Christian in church, but outside the church, you're not Christian anymore. Come and repent. Time is short. Come. Anyone feeling that you are a victim, come and repent. You're not a victim. You're victorious in Christ. Help us, help us, pray. Intercede, call on his name. He's here, he's here, he's here. In Jesus' name. As you are in the presence of the Lord repenting, confess your sin to him. Mention the name of your sin. You know that every, every sin has a name. Mention it before the Lord. Do not make it ambiguous. Make it clear. And say, Lord, I repent from my sin. I hate my sin. I renounce to my sin today. Forgive me. Wash me. Purify me. With your blood. I don't bring excuses for my sin. I bring repentance. In Jesus' name. I'm going to invite my brothers and sisters and friends that are, have been repenting. You are, you completed then your personal repentance. Be sure that every sin that had not been washed by the blood, that you presented to him and you repent and renounce everyone. Hallelujah. Wow. Glory to God. And now I'm going to invite you to stand. And we will repent together, collectively, as a church. Let's lift up our hands to the Lord. Look up to the heavens and please repeat after me, Father God. We, as your church, ask for your forgiveness do not look into the carnality the worldliness the divisions even the profanity of many of our fellow Christians God have mercy your church in this region have sinned against you and we present ourselves to intercede and we say Lord forgive remove our sin bring a spirit of brokenness and repentance and bring 
and bring confession. Transform your church so you can transform our nation. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Creating us, O oh God. Say with me, creating us, O oh God. A clean heart. And renew a righteous spirit within, within us. Do not cast us out from your presence. Do not take your spirit from us. Restore unto us. Restore to us the joy of your salvation. In Jesus' name. You may put your hands down for a moment. I want to pray for those who suffer anguish. Inexplicable anguish. Now in this life, we all go through sufferings. But there are some people here grieving and in an anguish that you cannot explain. Or those who are fighting depression or panic attacks. As the Lord healed me, I will heal you in Jesus' name. One of the commands the Lord gave me is, I, He said, I have healed you from your depression. And I'm sending you to heal the brokenhearted. Any person that suffers depression, raise both hands to heaven and I will pray for you right now. Jesus, I thank you that this is so simple and this is so included at the cross of Calvary. So I agree with my sister for her complete healing of depression. And any panic attacks, any fear of any kind, I declare removed in Jesus' name. And she's been filled with peace. And with the healing that the Lord healed me, I heal you right now in Jesus' name. From the cross, not only you receive holiness and forgiveness, this is a gift for you. Your healing. In Jesus' name. Friends, we have seen so many people heal from emotional distress. Who has wanted to be prayed for healing? Lord, I agree with my sister. And as you heal me, I heal her in Jesus' name. And now I minister to her not the fire, but the oil of your spirit that brings strength to her soul and prepares her heart for your fire. Jesus, as you heal me, I declare healing on her. What the Lord gave me, I give to you right now. Receive it. Receive peace that is inexplicable and a joy that is beyond this world. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. From this day on, I declare joy in her life. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Anyone else? Yes. Jesus. I agree with my sister for complete healing. What the Lord gave us, we give to her. Church, help us out. You can stretch your hands towards her right now. Everyone, let's pray together. This is body ministry, the whole body ministry. 
to everyone that have raised their hands we declare emotional wellness and strength hallelujah he is able and this peace that the Lord gave me is going with you as well it's a mantle of peace healing 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 every root of bitterness I pull it out right now I pull it out right now right now you're being healed because God is doing many things at one time in your life right now right now I declare that your past is sanctified the Lord is not only the Lord of the present he is the same yesterday today and forever He's going to your past and He's healing your entire past. Your past is under the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anyone else? Anyone else? Yes. Come on, church. Let's stretch our hands towards her. It's today. This is not even, this not even have to wait till tomorrow. It is today. What the Lord gave me, I give to you. Be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I just say thank you, Lord. I know you're doing it. Mm, God has more than enough power to do this, and He is doing it right now. Right now, 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 right now. Every chain of hatred is broken right now. If you have been experiencing hatred, renounce to hatred right now. And ask for the salvation of that person. If that person is dead, say, Lord, it's in your hand. But you don't hate anymore. Hallelujah. Anyone else? Anyone else for this kind of prayer? Let's lift up our hands to the Lord and give Him thanks. Wonderful Savior, wonderful Lord, thank you. You're equipping your people. You're healing your people. You're strengthening your people. Waves of the power of God now in this place. Waves. Waves of healing. Waves of anointing. Vision, 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 vision. Hallelujah. And I must call the Jonases that are in this place. Jonases and Jonas and Jonases. Jonah represents the people that say no to God. You were scared of his calling. You were scared of obeying him. And you knew it was his will. He confirmed it to you. But you say two words that never should go together. No, Lord. But today we're going to change that. And we're going to say, yes, Lord. For whatever you call me, impossible as it may seem, even if I seem like the wrong guy or the wrong lady, Lord, your will be done, will be done in my life. So, any, anyone here that said no to the Lord, raise your hand. You said no to the calling of the Lord before, raise your hand. Okay. I'm going to ask you to come. I'm going to minister to you. And you're going to leave this place so renewed. If you raise your hand for this, you come. You come right here. Yes? Praise God. Anyone else? If you're a Jonah or a Jonah sees, <laughs> you come. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. 
God is good. He's showing things in the spirit. Some people they say I'm I'm good with God, but they are not good with His plan. And there is a conflict. There is a short circuit there. There is an issue of conflict, and God wants to repair that. Hallelujah! Glory to God. He's here. He's here. Keep receiving. Keep receiving. More. 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 Say with me. Repeat this short prayer after me. Lord, I say yes to whatever you call me to do. You will confirm. You will guide. You will give me strength. You will provide. But I say yes to your will. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Glory to the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Feel her, Lord. Feel her, Lord. Feel her with your spirit. Feel her with your spirit. More, 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 more. More, more, more. Hallelujah. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. He's good. He's good. You know, church, first of all, thank you for the freedom. Pastor, you gave me so much freedom here. Thank you. And it's a joy to have been with you these two days. And uh, let me tell you this. Uh, I'm not much of a gardener, and we have to remove a tree that was so full of thorns. I hated that tree. I know it's God's creation, but forgive me. And so we decided to call someone that knows what to do. Because before I trimmed it, but it, it grew so fast. In the wilderness, it's incredible. In the heat of Arizona, some of those plants, they grow really fast. So I called this guy, and he came about 15 days ago. And he brought a huge machine. It's an, an exaggeration, you know. So we cut the tree, and he just went with the machine like about one foot underneath under the the surface so we covered it happy not to see that anymore but can you believe it start i could see little plants coming i'm saying how is this thing growing now that was not a good tree but you are a good tree and the Lord showed me something. Some of you have been like that tree, your ministry. And it has been almost covered, almost disappeared. And the Lord says to you, you will sprout again. You will grow again. They try to, you know, obliterate you. But irreversible is the calling and the gifting of God in your life. You will research. God will do it. Amen. So those who, well, most of us, all of us have struggles in the ministry, fights, right? 
But some of you that might feel that your ministry is quenching, it will not. If you have said yes to the Lord tonight, your ministry will not quench. It will revive. Amen? So lift up your hands to the Lord and receive. Father, I pray for those. Some of them don't even know their calling and their gifting. Show it to them, my Lord. And I pray that there will be a resurging. That even when the world tries to quench that calling, their calling will become stronger in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Something has the Lord placed in my heart to share with you, and then we'll pray one by one. As you pray, you are dismissed, I guess. Uh, officially, the meeting is over now. Now we enter the second meeting, the impartation meeting. Eh? But I wanted to say this, especially to those of you who are pastors or preachers or are in ministry. Well, the whole church is in ministry, but you have somehow a leading ministry. And it's, I will try to, this is a teaching I have for my network on the internet. The three levels of ministry and the three levels of victory that you need to have at once. And it's the physical, what should, I, let me rephrase it, the spiritual, the soul level, and the physical level. Look, when I came today, I didn't leave my body at the hotel. We usually go together. My spirit, my soul, and my body. At once. But there are ministers that don't seem to understand that we are spirit, soul, and body, and they don't apply that to their ministry. And so they fight in the spirit. Many times they win in the spirit. And the Lord gives them revelation and a word and a vision. That's where you receive your vision. And then they still lose in the project or the mission. They are not successful. Why? Because when God gives you revelation at this level, you also have to apply at the soul level. Whether it be holiness, whether it be church growth, church planting, any project, any mission the Lord gives you, if you only apply the spiritual, you will feel great and you will be awesome. But if you don't follow through in the other two levels, you will not see the effect of the vision. Then comes the second level, the soul level. Paul says, and all your being, spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless for the coming of our Lord. So there it talks about three levels. And in the ministry also, there are levels of growth intellectually, levels of growth in planning, levels of growth in administration, setting goals. Can you believe my people are people of prayer? But when I start setting numeric goals, some of them were like a little shocked. Be bold and put the vision into paper. Write the vision. And it's the intellectual level, the soul level, the understanding. That's when the wisdom of God comes upon you. And this, that's when your feelings begin to align with the vision the Lord gave you. Some of you, allow me to say this, the last day I'm here, so I'm going to be very bold because tomorrow I'm flying to another city. I tell you, some of you have 
your spirit is in victory and your soul seems to be in anguish. There is a dissonance there. Align everything with the will of the Lord. Align your feelings to the word of the Lord and declare who you are and what you are going to do for the Lord. And then some people do these two things and they still fail. Because they don't have a good, a good Christian ethics of work. They don't know how to sweat. So they start working in the vision one year and they give up. I'm, I identify with those because I'm short patience. I'm kind of ADD. So I don't have, I'm not one of those who concentrate for a long time in one thing. I have to learn that. So we have been 14 years now with the ministry on the internet. And a lot of it have been a blatant failure before. A disaster. And because sometimes I was really in the spirit. When I'm in the spirit, I'm always, you know, vision. But then at the level of the flesh or, or the soul, I was losing the battle. And there were sometimes I didn't work on it hard enough. Hard, really hard. To do what the Lord already called me to do. I, sometimes if I felt spiritual with a fire, I said, no, I have the fire. I don't want to get distracted with other things. It was like I was switching hats. Put it together. The Lord will help you align everything you have for the, in the calling of the Lord. Your body. Paul said, I work more than all of them. That's what he said. He was a hard worker in the vision. And then you will see, you will begin to see more success, more fruitfulness. How many say yes and amen? Father, impart this, this word into the hearts of every minister here. And those who have not aligned help.